Hi, I'm Simi Pam. I play for Bristol Bed. I'm a Loose Head ambassador, and you're listening to the Loose Heads podcast. Hello, Simi. Um, really excited to have you on for a chat today. And um, we're five episodes in now. I want to start by asking you, firstly, how are you out of 10? Out of 10, I would say I'm a solid seven and a half just because I'm just because I'm overcoming a cold at the minute. So that's knocked off a few points. Yeah. And I know you you were struggling at the weekend with a, a bit of a cold. Um, how did you fare in the match? I know you got player of the match, so it can't be too bad. Yeah. Sudafed and adrenaline is a wonderful thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I'm gonna say. Um, but yeah, I basically slept all of Friday slept on the coach rider because I was like I've got about three good hours to give to today so I try and squeeze them all into the match so yeah once you get going like you know and it was a bit of a dogfight so you know you just get engrossed in what you're doing and you sort of forget about how you're feeling and you just want to perform as best as you can to help your team out so yeah, yeah. I was very happy to just be able to play let alone play well so yeah happy days and then straight to bed afterwards yeah, pretty much. Um, the first thing I want to get you to do on the on the podcast this week, so to, basically to rate some new podcast intro music that we've got. And essentially, so just to give a bit of context behind that, we've been going for five episodes and we've challenged ourselves to get some ex-pros or pros to you know who are musically talented to give us a podcast intro and outro so I've got two that I would like you to rate if possible so the first one's actually okay. a former teammate of yours Clara Nielsen um is now okay. Chiefs. so she found a recorder at the school that she works at um so okay. rate this out of 10 high production value yeah yeah she said she said if she doesn't give me 10 out of 10 we're no longer friends <laughs> and then we've got ethan waller um who's now at, at northampton saints who's given us a bit of a longer one so i won't play it all okay. but he said that he moved all of his instruments uh, and they're currently in storage so he's had to do this exclusively from his laptop all of his instruments Oh, that's about half of it. But he said basically you can you can talk over it as a bit of an intro. Yeah. What do we think about that? That's good. We like that. For dear Clara, I'm gonna have to give her. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give Clara a six for intense ingenuity and no doubt enthusiasm that nice. she put into that. But the production value on Ethan's was top quality and I like the idea that like that's like the foundation maybe get someone else to like yeah. talk or sing or rap or whatever over it so yeah pretty yeah. solid do you, do you and know also any... he said he put he put all his instruments in storage how many instruments I know I should ask that question shouldn't I I should Jeez. ask that question all his instruments <laughs> that's like sounds like he's like a one-man band and maybe maybe go back to him and say listen I like the, the bass but you're gonna have to lay down some vocals yeah 
Do you know anyone that can help us out? Um, <laughs> I know lots of people who would give effort. I'll put it that way. Okay. Yeah. And just while, whilst on the the theme of of music, the uh, the last guest, Jacob Amago, has actually left you a question, and that question is, what would be your go to karaoke song? <laughs> so I'm a bit of a people pleaser when it comes to karaoke. Nice. So- Depends on who I'm with and what the vibe is. I think the last karaoke song I did was Backstreet Boys. I want it that way, and oh, that went wow. down pretty well. So that's that's a banker. I like that yeah. one because yeah. you can get get everyone else involved. Everyone <laughs> loves it. No one's sad when you're singing Backstreet Boys. Um, so yeah, I'll probably go with that one. To be fair, nice. That's a banger. That is a banger. Banker and a banger. There you go. Yeah. Banker, banger, happy days. <laughs> and I actually, again, sticking on the music theme, um, I started the Jacob Umaga podcast last week by singing Guess Who's Back, Back Again. Um, <laughs> I because, did see that. Because... <laughs> <laughs> because he had a he has a new a new trim and maybe I should have thought of something similar for you because you've got a new look. I have got a new trim. Explain yeah, the new I look. Yeah, I feel hurt. You haven't you haven't given me my own something. Yeah, I cut my hair. <laughs> um, so it's about I don't know maybe an inch long now all over. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. So my hair has been in a bad way for a few a couple of years at least now, and I've just been trying to hide it basically under braids and it just got to a point where I was just miserable um and because braids aren't always the easiest thing to play with um to play in and so I kind of was over playing with braids but then I took my long green braids out that I had in summer and the quality the state of my natural hair was just awful but I was just like I can't be bothered to go straight back into braids so I tried to sort of like figure it out but I was just miserable I felt I felt really ugly. <laughs> I just didn't feel confident at all. Um, and I've got just loads of damage um, from having to have my hair tied back. And it's just, it's the type of damage where you just know it's not going to get better by itself. You just, so I, I just got to a realisation where I was like, well, there's no fixing my hair at this point. I just, I just need to start again. So I had come to that decision and yeah, I went to London to visit some family and I told my cousin about it and she was like, one of the things that was delaying me was I was like, oh, I don't know where to go in Bristol to get it done. But she was like, oh, we're in London. There's barbershops everywhere. Should we just go do it now? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I have no good reason to say no. But also I wasn't, I wasn't expecting this at all. But I was like, yeah, do you know what? Let's just get it over and done with, cut it off. And yeah, I sat in the barber chair. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel. But as soon as he made the first cut, like I just felt relief. Like I just oh, wow. like, ah. <sighs> like a big just like wave of relief I was like thank god I've not got hair to stress me out anymore um because I think I think I was putting a lot of like time and energy and money into my hair and just now it's just one less thing on my plate and it's just making my life a lot easier um so yeah I'm still trying to get used to it I think I'm getting to a point now where I need another haircut but I just, <laughs> like I don't know what style I don't know what the lingo is like do you know what I mean it's just a completely different yeah. world for me now but yeah I think I'm gonna embrace the short look for a little while um, I'm not in a rush to grow my hair back out so who knows there might be some wild designs 
if Bristol get into the final, maybe I'll get bears on the side. Who knows? Oh, wow. I'll do what I want. <laughs> wow. <laughs> do I, what I, want. I saw a, I saw a <laughs> post on social media actually about um, being more streamlined now. Um, now you're making oh, those, absolutely. those breaks for Bristol Bears, which, you know, you're scoring tries for fun at the moment. Um, obviously, I mentioned it before, but getting player of the match. How How is life at Bristol? Good. Yeah. The aerodynamicness <laughs> is going to be, it's going to work in my favour, I reckon. But yeah, no, Bristol's wicked. Things are, we're in a good spot at the minute. Um, you know, obviously missing our internationals, um, as most clubs are, but seeing them killing it at the World Cup is really inspiring. And, you, you know, you just feel so good to see your friends, you know, have been working so hard and, and putting their all towards this goal, being out there and, and sort of living it. So yeah. that's definitely inspiring, seeing, you know, your, your colleagues and your teammates and your friends out there doing well. Um, but we've also got a job to do back here. So we want to be in the best position possible, you know, in the cup and you know, when it's time for the Prem to start, we want to pick pick back up from where we left off last season. And so far, so good. Um, we've been playing pretty OK. <laughs> it's really interesting because we're coming off the back of pretty good score lines, you know, yeah. going to Saracens away and beating them 66-33. But coming off the back of that thinking, did we really play our best shape, you know, did we do the things that we said we were going to do? Probably not to their fullest extent, which is really exciting to think that, you know, we're performing in the way we are yeah. without even being 100% yet. So that's an exciting place to be in. And looking forward to, you know, playing our last match at the Cup and then the league starting and, and going from there. Yeah. It seems you've got a new bestie on uh, in uh, Christina Balligan. Yeah, she's wicked. I'm very happy she's, she's joined Bears. And for those people that, that know Bristol and, and know you, they're very aware that you're a massive part of that team. Um, and for me, you seem like you're the glue at Bristol Bears women, um, <laughs> you know, look, looking from the outside. And you're such a role model to to inspire that, that next generation. And I love that. I know, I remember Bristol Bears played at Ashton Gate last season and I was working that game working in for, for Bristol Sport and you were signing everything, taking selfies with with all the young fans and, and I had to take you away for that, for, for some commercial stuff. And I really do apologise for that because I didn't no. want to. So I'm sorry, firstly, sorry about that. But I, you know, when I took you away, I kept hearing people you know, shouting your name, shouting, Simmy, Simmy, you know, kept hearing that. Um, just how cool is that? Yeah, it's, it's a bit surreal as well. It's um, You just sort of operate in your own little bubble and you just, but I guess with the power of social media and trying to raise the visibility of women in sport and women in rugby, like we're getting out there a lot more. You know, the Bristol Bears team and the commercial team are massively good at promoting us and putting our stuff alongside the men's or like promoting us at Ashton Gate. So people are becoming more aware of us as a team, but also us as individuals. So, yeah, being at matches and hearing people like, screaming for me or screaming for Roe and like obviously Rido who's like the legend but like it's so inspiring to, to know that people have really bought into to us as a team and our journey and you know it's the least we can do to sort of say thank you for them to you know coming out and supporting us and, and, and buying tickets and, and being there for us and always giving us encouragement so yeah I love saying and chatting to people taking photos like because you know for me it doesn't take too much out of my day but I don't know the lasting impact that that's going to have yeah. For a young girl, a young boy, you know, maybe that's going to be what kickstarts their career. Maybe they relate to a part of my story and my journey, you know, that I'm not even aware of. And just me spending some time with them, you know, is, is, is what they need to sort of kick on. So, yeah, I'm always happy to do it. And it's a lot of fun, especially after the COVID season where we didn't have fans, having that taken away from you. 
then when you do get it back it's just like oh you don't take it for granted like it's so boring playing in front of no one so <laughs> playing in front of big crowds and having people really invested is yeah a lot of fun yeah in, in, investing in our or inspiring the the community is that whole bears motto isn't it and that's exactly what you're doing yeah. how how good are those ashton gate matches wicked they <laughs> are so fun yeah. It's, yeah it's surreal at times like you're walking in and you're, you're just sort of walking out of the tunnel and you're just like oh my it's god it's happening but yeah it's it's really good and the more it happens the less intimidating it's gonna be so hopefully we get to do get to play there a lot more um and it can feel a bit like a second home but yeah i do also love playing at our regular home at dings like yeah because because it's not as big when it packs out it just feels it feels crammed it feels like there's so many people there and it's just like the atmosphere just sort of reverberates around you know the pitch and you just sort of feel everything and you can almost see everyone and it's just yeah it's brilliant yeah very fortunate where we play yeah just for the for the listeners here um there is a loose edge charity match on the 16th of december and tickets go on sale very soon and it's at shaswick park and i will be putting my boots on for 10 minutes oh. I've, <laughs> I've said i'll play at fly half um i'm trying to pull in a few few ex pros as well so um tickets go on sale soon and it's it's called the game for grief so it's remembering uh, those people in the rugby community that we've lost over the last couple of years and yeah. we're gonna have a, a a great a great time and and hopefully you'll be there Simi. i haven't actually told you that yet but um <laughs> <laughs> well, did you say 16th of, december? 16th of december you're playing at home the next day so um, oh wicked yeah i won't be going anywhere yeah. too far <laughs> and um we're talking about rugby there but it's not always been rugby um you obviously competed at the english schools championship in shot put um and also represented england at, at international events how how did that all start and how did you get into that yeah so shot put um was very random i feel like my life is just kind of random i just <laughs> say yes to things and then follow them down that rabbit hole and end up in places but i was always like really quick at school so we do sports day and i remember being in primary school and i kept on like winning i basically beat the girls beat the boys i was super fast and everyone was like oh my god you need to be a sprinter so at that point i was like deep into tennis i loved tennis but i got to a point where i was like nah i'm done with tennis so when i was done with tennis i was like oh maybe i should try being a sprinter now um so i rocked up at my local track and started being a sprinter and, and started training and sprinting so that following season so that would have been 2009 was my first season and I was doing 100 meters and doing the, the four by one relay but back then when you were like competing you're competing for your like club and it was like you get more points if you finish first second third fourth so if you didn't have any participants in an event you wouldn't get any points which obviously like wasn't great so there was one day where we didn't have someone for shot put for my age group and so they were like hey Simi you know I know it's not your event but would you mind just getting a valid throw so we can get some points for the shot and the shot put was like in the middle of the day, whereas 100 was right at the start, 4 by one was right at the end. So they were like, it won't affect any of your events. It won't affect your warm-ups. Like, just do us this solid one time. And I was like, yeah, no problem. Team player, go me. <laughs> <laughs> so I did it. And I, I, I spoke to my mum beforehand because she used to throw shot um, when she was younger. So I was like, hey, run me through some tips. Like, what do you do? So she gave me some tips. And I was like, great. Um, did it. Ended up throwing... I think it was nine meters, which was um, further than any of the girls at my club wow. in my age group. So they were like, "Oh, you're doing this every week now. Like this is <laughs> like your second. This is your second job." 
And I was like, cool, <laughs> no problem. Because I was doing it more and I'm competitive by nature, I was like, well, I want to get better at it. I want to do well in it. So I started training it more. I ended up qualifying for English schools that year. Um, and I got to English schools and my PB was like 11 and a half metres. So I just like really like taken off with it. Um, so I qualified for English schools for shot, but not for 100. So I went there only for shot. Um, absolutely tanked it. It was awful. I performed so badly, but I went in like ranked, I think like third or fourth in the country or something like that. I think I came like 18th out of 19 because I was just so nervous. I kept no throwing and it was awful. Um, <laughs> and I cried so much. And I remember being like, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> um, but actually at that competition, my then coach, well, no, my coach-to-be um, was there watching and I'd sort of appeared out of nowhere. Very similar to my rugby story, actually just sort of arrived out of nowhere and people were like, who is this person? Um, and so he was local to me. He just sort of said, if you want to coach, I'll coach you. And he, he's Jeff Capes, who was British record holder and world's strongest man a couple of times. So I was a bit like, oh my God, this is a big dog, big name. Um, so yeah, I started training with him and then, yeah, that's how my shot put career took off, really. Um, wow. And I did that until 2016 where I got fed up with it that's how far you can go by just saying yes yeah literally just say yes <laughs> if there's no good reason to say no just say yes yeah you literally never know what happens and it's still so that that was shot put into rugby and it's still not always rugby and sport in everyday life because you're a you're a doctor too um yeah. I know you must get this question all the time but how on earth do you do it <laughs> at this point I just don't know anymore google calendar is <laughs> my like I, I I can't tell you how heavily I rely on that app because even things like like on my Google Calendar today it says petrol because if I don't write it on there I will forget to get petrol and I'll my car will just die in the middle of the road so I everything and anything goes onto Google Calendar and I wake up in the morning I just look at what I'm supposed to be doing and then do that um so yeah it's challenging um sometimes it's easier than other times um but it it's it's spinning plates and it's just trying to keep all of them going enough basically but yeah it is difficult but yeah it's definitely easier now than what it used to be um because I can I locum so I pick yeah. and choose when I work before when I was full-time that was just to this day I still don't know how I did it and for my first year because I was full-time for two years my first year I wasn't even in Bristol yeah so that just was another layer of chaos um but yeah it's a bit easier now but because I because I don't work full time, I, you know, throw myself into rugby a lot more. So actually physically and mentally, I'm a lot more fatigued a lot of the time. So then telling myself that, hey, you know, that week off that you have, instead of actually like resting and recovering, we're going to work, you know, every day that week. It's like a bit of a, oh God, why? Yeah. <laughs> um, but needs must. So hey, hey. You're always, always smiling. Such a full of life character. Um, but like you said, it, it, you do find it tough um does it have a an, an effect on you mentally and does it it's it's so admirable watching you know you go into training in the evenings after working a, a day how how bloody hard is it <laughs> it's really hard <laughs> <laughs> but I feel I like I try not to complain about it too much because I don't work full-time anymore like there are still so many girls who don't have the luxury of being able to pick and choose when they work so I have to do it, you know, every now and again. And I'm, because I'm not used to it anymore. I'm like, oh, but yeah, like yesterday I was working. So I woke up at like half six, left my house at seven, 
finished work, I had to just go straight to training, get to training. And it's like, especially on a Monday after a game day, it's like, we've got this, we've got so much to do. It's so congested. Um, and then, you know, I've got loads of niggles. So it's like, you then I finish training, you do all your, your sort of rehabby bits um, that I didn't have the chance to do before training because I was late because I came straight from work. So then I stay after that and then try and have a shower and then it's like eating. Like I didn't get home till like half 10 last night, having left wow. my house at seven. So it's long days, exhausting. Um, but I guess what keeps me going is the fact that I, I, I guess I want to do both. Like, if, and, and for now, I, I still need to do both. Um, if, there, if, if an eventuality presents itself where I don't have to be a doctor for some time, I probably will take that up, but that's not um, where things are at at the moment. So if I want to be able to, you know, pursue rugby to its fullest extent in my current capacity, you know, I do need to work to be able to basically like pay my rent and things like that um, at the moment. So I'm doing that as often as I need to, but as minimal as I can to be able to throw all my eggs into the rugby basket yeah. and see where that takes me. So yeah, they both feed into each other. Um, and it's just, yeah, this is what my life is, but I'm also very fortunate to be in a job where I'm, I have this option and, you know, I can still earn a good amount of money without working full time and the security of knowing that no matter what the world looks like, they, there will always be doctors who are needed. Like yeah. I never fear for not finding work which you know isn't the case for a lot of people so yeah I'm in a very fortunate position even though it can feel like absolute chaos at times um yeah it's pretty good yeah and I guess that's the whole rugby camaraderie as well the the team spirit um you're all sort of in a similar boat and you all get to training and you all put your arm around each other and it's that whole we spoke about community before but it's that that community of your whole team and your teammates and it, it brings you probably close together yeah for sure you know like I say, my story is not unique and at all. You know, we all are either full time, fully work full time, or full time in education. So, uh, you know, aside from basically the internationals, um, everyone has days like this. Everyone gets to training in different headspaces. Some people yeah. have had really long days with early starts. Some people have had really tough days. You know, some people are just overwhelmed with everything. You know, people have money worries. Like, there's a lot, and you know, we realise. It's, it's difficult because we're a club who have big aspirations and we want to push each other and train the house down and everything. But we realise that, you know, not every day is a great day for everyone. For factors, you know, out of the control of the club, you know, people have worries about money and, 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 and all sorts going on with, with everything happening in with the current economic climate. So yeah. it's just that awareness of, you know, everyone's having to juggle so much you know, and just, like you say, putting an arm around a friend and just, you know, giving them that space. But also then using rugby as, like, a happy distraction. Yeah. Being like, okay, let's put all this to one side. Let's go run around, get the endorphins up. Let's go train, get some good food after, have a nice hot shower. And then, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to fix your the problems in its entirety, but at least, like, let's have a good couple of hours with each other. Yeah, absolutely. And you, uh, you mentioned it before, but um, we should also mention the Rugby World Cup. Um, you must have got up on Saturday morning to watch uh, the Red Roses against France. I actually France. didn't. Did you not? Didn't, because we had, we had the match. We, oh, of we course, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we were, we, we were leaving at, at nine. So I was just like, I'm going to sleep. And then I <laughs> wanted to watch it in its entirety rather than yeah. in bits. But some girls did. Um, and some girls watched it on the coach on the way up. But I was asleep. <laughs> but I did. I did watch it back. 
Yeah, it has been uh, tough though to watch the matches just because of the the time difference. But I've been catching up on yeah. the on the highlights, and um, you've not been shy, obviously, to say your goal is to play for England. You said it before. Has there ever been a conversation for me personally? No, but I. It's one of those things where I don't ask too much about it. Yeah, because at the end of the day, a they are the best team in the world. Fact. Yeah. B there are a dime a dozen people who play my position who could slot into that team today and play really well so you know it's not like I'm shocked that I haven't had the call up like yeah this is a very very tough squad to get into and this is a very strong league that we play in so you know I'm just gonna have to perfect my craft basically so I think that's why you know when I talk about wanting to play for England it's because I think the best rugby version of myself is good enough to play for for England but am I the best rugby version of myself right now no so my focus is very much on getting myself to that best level and then come what may we'll see what happens if that's good enough great if it's not but I have a great club career playing at Bristol then you know I'm, I'm happy but yeah I think my best rugby self would be a really really great player and would be it would be able to to play at top level so that's what I aspire to and I think it's also like my sort of natural progression now yeah when I first started it was oh, I want to get from the uni threes team into the uni first team. Did that, managed to then say, right, can I get into Bristol Bears? Managed to do that. Was that Bristol Bears sort of in the second team? I was like, can I, you know, be on the bench for the Prem side? Did that. I was like, right, can I be the starting loose head? Did that. So now it's like, okay, I've been the starting loose head for last season, season before. What's my next step up? What's going to keep forcing me to improve? Because I, I never want to get to a, a place where I'm complacent. Um, you know, I want to keep comp- improving. And I think... The next step is, okay, if I play well enough and I'm consistent and I stay fit, what, you know, is there a chance I might get called up into a training camp with England? Like, so those are the kind of things I think about, but I don't think about them in the sense of Simon Middleton, why haven't you called me yet? It's, it's more, (laughs) it's more, okay, what do I need to do to just be rock solid, be in a good place? Because I firmly believe that my opportunity will come. Um, It's just making sure that I'm ready when that time does come. And I would much rather, you know, go through all these improvements where I'm comfortable at club level rather than get to an international environment and feel so out of my depth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it will be such a steep learning curve. It must be for anyone who gets called in. And I would love to minimise that as much as possible. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm more than happy to work on myself as a player at club level. And if it takes me, you know, another couple of years to crack into that training squad, but I'm, you know, a rock solid player and I've, developed all the things that you know i struggle with at the moment then that's that's good for me love that and and your your mates with obviously being at bristol mates with quite a lot of the the welsh girls as well um heartbreaking news for alicia butchers um really really sad news for for her got injured and and had to uh leave camp and and come home to get the really sad yeah she's been literally on fire (laughs) yeah it her her form for the last 12 months has like it doesn't make sense I think she's played every Prem match and I think she played pretty much 80 minutes for each and every one then went to Six Nations same again with Wales and she has just been on fire she's been one of the players you know of the year like worldwide in in my opinion she's just so good her work rate her skill set she's got a pass on her like she could very easily slot into like the backs and play fly half or centre like her vision and her skill and execution doesn't make sense. I'm, you know, one of the tries that we scored at Saracens away, um, I can't remember who finished it off actually, 
but it all started off of a off a line break from Alicia. And then she just whips the most perfect pass to Courtney out on the wing. It must have been like a 20 meter pass at wow. full pelt in like the 75th minute. And I was just like, how, how, how has this happened? And we scored off of it. And it's just, she's magical. Um, yeah. So yeah, to see her come off worse for wear after a tackle um, was really sad to see. Um, and she's rock solid, that girl. So, you you know, I knew when she went down, it, it couldn't have been good because not much will, will, will take that girl down. So yeah, gutted for her, really yeah. gutted. Um, but yeah, I guess she'll rehab the house down and we can't wait to have her back. The Loose Heads Clubhouse podcast is sponsored by two wonderful organisations. Days, non-alcoholic beer, 100% beer, 0% alcohol, brewed in Scotland and B Corp certified. 2% of their sales go towards progressive mental health initiatives. It's beer for doing and great for active people and opening up conversations. They have just launched in Wagamama's and Tesco. It tastes great and they've provided us with a special discount just for you. Enter code LOOSEDS20 for 20% off at checkout. And 4-5, CBD and vitamin brand created by professional rugby players George Cruz and Dom Day after suffering injuries during their playing careers. They have thousands of athlete customers and are the official wellness partner to Leicester Tigers and Saracens. You can find them in Boots, Next and Tesco. And exciting news, they have just launched their hydration tablet. They too have provided us with a bespoke discount code. Enter code LH20 for 20% off over at their website, 45.com. We spoke before about you being such a, an inspiration to young people. And I just wanted to talk to you about social media. We spoke about social media with Jacob Imaga last week. Um, and you use it as a tool. You share the good, but also you share the, the the bad. Talking openly about some of the racist and sexist abuse that you've received. Also talking about body image and confidence. I know your, your Instagram um, bio even says, having muscles doesn't make me a man. Um, yeah. how, <laughs> how important is it not just to shine a light, but just to keep breaking those barriers and being a voice for others? Yeah, like I've always felt that, you know, what's the point of having a platform if you don't use it in a constructive, positive way? And I guess it's one of those things where people probably look at me and look at what I do and everything from the outside and think, oh, everything is so sweet for so many, like it's all cushy. But it's not like there are good days, like I say, like I share a lot of the good things, but I also share the bad. Um, I have negative experiences either through other people, like, so, you know, being subjected to racism or sexism, like you said. Um, but then also within myself, you know, I have my bad days. You know, you said I'm always smiley and, and happy and I'm like, that is a lie. <laughs> that's, that's how I like to portray myself. And it's, yeah. it's, it's what I try to be, but, you know, I suffer a lot with anxiety. I'm a big overthinker. You know, I juggle so many plates that there's so much that worries me all the time. Um, and I can find that quite difficult to deal with. But I think being open about struggles and, and normalising it is going to help sort of change the stigma and change the climate around mental health. Um, so, yeah, basically just like to use my platform to just be authentic. Um, you know, I, I, I talk about things sort of as and when it happens. So I like to use my stories a lot rather than like yeah. curated posts because it's like, oh, this happened to me. Let's talk about it. Or I'm feeling like this today. Let's talk about it because it just feels quite authentic. And I think people relate to that quite a lot and yeah like I said it's just normalizing things so body image is a big one that I've struggled with over the years less so now but it still does creep up and actually before I cut my hair one of my big worries was Christ people already call me a man what are they going to call me if I don't have any hair on my head um but you know it is what it is and I think talking about things and just being open and honest is a great first step to then being able to deal with a problem 
Yeah, yeah, you really are a, an inspiration, and and spoke about racism there. You you did a, it's currently Black History Month, and you did an interview with Bristol Bears last year, and something you said in your interview, and it really stuck with me. This was your quote: "We we need to invest into educating the younger generation to enlighten them about Black people and their contributions to this country, so that every Black person can feel comfortable." Can you just tell the listeners a little bit more about Black History Month and why it's so 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 important? Yeah, like you know, obviously being a proud black British person with Nigerian heritage. You know, I was born in Nigeria, my name is Nigerian. Like, you know, it's I'm very close to my heritage. I'm very proud of where I've come from. Um, and I think it's really important to appreciate, like I say, the contribution that black people have made to developing this United Kingdom that we're in, you know, and the continued con- contributions that black people make. You know, like I said, I'm proudly Nigerian, but I'm also proudly British. And I love the fact that I've been, you know, born, like not born here, but raised here. And, you know, that I'm trying to, you know, break into the England squad and like trying to make this a better, you know, country for us, for myself and for us all. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, we, we just need to make the UK somewhere that black people can feel comfortable in. And it's just trying to correct a lot of, or at least like create like parity, I guess, between yeah. things and, and just sort of understand that there are, issues that you know deep rooted in racism and trying to like let's unpick that and sort of say why is that okay so you know prime example is black people being stopped and searched for no other reason than oh my god you know they're black or you know it's always oh they look threatening why what were they doing that was threatening uh, uh um well is it is it because your bias is that you see someone of color in an affluent environment and you automatically think they're up to no good is that what was threatening to you? Might be yes, might be no, but let's talk about that. Let's unpick that. Yeah. Because ultimately, the relationship between black people and police, for example, is never going to get better if we don't address the fact that that is a stereotype that exists and has existed. And until we unpick that and, you know, relearn behaviours and relearn beliefs, that relationship will never change. So it's things like that, like that's quite a heavy one, but um, it's things like that. And even things like, you know, hair, can we normalise you know, there's a Eurocentric look, which, you know, white people predominantly have. But then, you know, there's a black look that black people can have. And, you know, this is my natural hair, this natural texture. Like, can we <clears throat> start to see that more openly on, you know, media channels and, and TV shows, for example, rather than, you know, the black actor- actresses always having wigs and weaves and things like that? Can we normalise, you know, this? <laughs> so just to make the country more reflective i guess of its diverse i can't it shouldn't even need to be a thing but it is and, and it's something that people need to get behind and, and support um and whilst on the theme of being I've, I've said it so many times in this in this podcast but being an inspiration you are um you're also a loose heads ambassador um you came along to a photo shoot can't remember how long ago now a few years ago now and it was it was <laughs> actually me that, that then asked you to to join the loose heads family what was the draw why did you want to get involved it was love at first sight, Rob. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just love everything you guys stand for. Um, the transparency, the breaking down of the stigma. And, you know, rugby is such a great environment to champion that. Because, you know, I look at my life now. My closest friends are all my teammates, which is really depressing. Because I'm like, where have my other friends gone? But for the sheer fact that you spend so much time with them and you know, you do such a physical, attritional sport, like you're putting your body on the line for each other. And they see me at my best days, they see me at my worst days, yeah. you know, and they're the ones who 
if I'm really struggling with something, they'll probably pick up on it. And, you know, the beauty of being in such a big team is <clears throat> there are so many players. So people you can go to, you know, at different times, different things. So I really, really like the idea of championing mental health and being open and honest about your struggles in a rugby environment, which is a safe space for many of us and also has, you know, values of inclusivity and, you know, acceptance and, you know, a big team focus. So I think everything you guys stand for just really resonated with me and I was more than happy to play my little part in being an ambassador for you guys. So yeah. I love that. And um we're so glad that you said yes and, and you're you're on board as an ambassador and um thank thank you. Just want to ask you one question back going back to rugby um before we get on to the, the nonsense at the end of the, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um the bar bars. You've often said it was the best week. How come? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was wicked. It was a year ago now. And yeah. the, the shirt is literally right here um, on my wall. Um, best week because it was, A, so unexpected. You know, Bar Bars was something that I thought once you hit your twilight years and you were to career, it's sort of like a little swan song to sort of say bye to rugby to. So I didn't expect any sort of call up anytime soon because I'm still, you know, quite early in my rugby journey. So a very, very pleasant surprise. Um, very... I learned a lot from that week, both from a rugby point of view and also just about people, got to spend time with, you know, a lot of really great women, yeah. you know, both players and, and the coaching staff and just got to, I learned so much. Um, you know, you think playing alongside like Katie Daly McLean, Mo Hunt, Rocky Clark, Hope Rogers, like it just didn't make sense the calibre of people around me. And I was like, what am I doing here? It doesn't make any sense. But I was like trying to be a sponge, just trying to take it all yeah. in as much as I could. And then we had a great time. <laughs> yeah, wasn't as great of a time as probably historically because it was still COVID yeah. um, was a big concern. But even just, you know, we would rent out places and it would just be us and we'd have a great time. A lot of alcohol was consumed, which always <laughs> helped. <laughs> um, <laughs> isn't, isn't there a story about having to get, ubers to the match as well is that is that a thing yeah it is a yes. thing <laughs> explain that <laughs> so, obviously our match was supposed to be a double header with the men they were supposed to play first we were to play second um at twickenham um and then saturday morning so we'd obviously already had the schedule from yappy and like the the coaches being like you know to have breakfast on saturday at this time and then you know we need to be down here for this time coach leaves at this time cool so I remember thinking, oh, I'll have breakfast and I'll go upstairs. I, I packed my bags the night before religiously because I just, that's like a big part of my um, prep for a match. So I was like, oh, I'll go have breakfast and then I'll have a nap and then I'll wake up and then, you know, it'll be match day. Great, have fun. Um, so we went to have breakfast and as we were about to leave, this has been like almost 10 a.m. As I was about to, you know, not just me, but the team were about to go up to their hotel rooms. Um, the coach was like, no, no, we have a meeting right now. And I was like, you didn't tell me about this because I'm quite It's like, not in Google Angel. Calendar. Yeah, <laughs> it's not in Google Calendar, exactly. I was like, we've made this up. This is a lie. Um, so we went into the meeting room and they were like, girls, we're 95% sure the men's match isn't happening. And we were like, sorry, what? Because um, our teams were, were separate. We were staying in separate hotels. We didn't integrate at all because of COVID. Um, so we were like, what, what do you, what, why would you say this? That's a lie. And they're like, there's COVID in the camp and we're not sure, but we think it's going to be cancelled. And so they're like, sit tight because we don't know what that means for us. It mean, it could mean that we're not playing. It could mean that we're playing when the men are supposed to play. So I was just like, but the men are meant to be playing in like three hours. I'm like, I was like, right, okay. Great. So it was a bit of a lot of uncertainty for a, a little while. And then they called us back down at noon 
and we're like, we've got the green light, we're playing, our kickoff's in two hours. We're like, what? And we were still in the hotel and we were like, right, okay. They tried to sort of rearrange for the coach because our coach obviously wasn't supposed to be coming to get us until later and they couldn't rearrange the slot. So basically we had to just get Ubers from the hotel to Twickenham and because <laughs> of COVID as well, we couldn't have anyone in the front seat. So we we're sending Ubers of like three people <laughs> with like kit as well. So like tackle bags, water, <laughs> tape, physio beds. We're just it, like, it was just the most mental thing. And Stockers, our team manager, basically like had a map tracking where everyone was <laughs> making sure like we were getting to them, having to like drink gaviscon at regular intervals because having so much heartburn because <laughs> she was stressed about the whole thing and we were all like in classic like <laughs> millennial fashion like taking videos and like selfies and, like yay look at us and she was like get in the uber get in the car now just like a whirlwind we get to Twickenham and I'm coming out of this uber and there's like a camera in my face I was like oh god what's going on and like this is my first time at Twickenham for a match. Yeah. So I like I was trying to take it all in, but also we're warming up in twenty minutes. <laughs> Hurry up! So I was like looking around, like people were cheering, but I was like, oh god, I've got like trying to have tunnel vision, but also like it's crazy. We get into the changing room. There's like literally like maybe twenty minutes to try and like take people up and everything, and it was just chaotic. <laughs> but we kind of just embraced it, and it ended up being like bars you know yeah just weird wacky off the cuff and just sort of you just can't let that stress you so it just you know played into our hands um I think I, so I was on the bench for that match and I think I'm quite glad I was because I, I I was I was in no position to start playing rugby like within half an hour of arrival I was just like what is happening um but it was just the best experience it was utterly hilarious like on reflection and yeah what a game what a win yeah. What a night. <laughs> <laughs> that's a proper Barbar story, a Barbarian story. Um, everyone that says that, that they've played for the Barbar says it's the best week. So um, I wish I could go it was on a so much fun. trip. I wish I could go on a Barbar It was trip. so much fun. <laughs> jealous, jealous. Um, now for the nonsense. Um, the, one of the uh, components of this podcast is the Pensive Pre-Pod Poo Ponder, and it's sponsored by Sam James, who plays for sale. This is a good one, actually, this week, and it's baffled me and it got me thinking. And the the question is, on a flight, which armrest is yours? Ooh. It depends, obviously, which seat you're in. So yeah. Let's, so let's say you're in the middle on a th- oh, both. On, Sorry. On, on a three. Sorry. Both, both of mine. Both. Both of mine. And I set, I set my stall out early doors, so I sit in and I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> Straight away. First on the flight. For the, for the first hour, I'm not moving because these are both mine. You guys can lean on your outside ones, but I'm having these two. And then maybe as I start to fatigue, maybe my arm will slip off of one. That's probably not the correct answer, but that's my answer. Yeah, I'm oh, we're going it. for that. We're going for that. <laughs> so there we go. That's the answer. Um, the the next part, of the, 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 the well, the final part of the podcast is we have been setting challenges for everyone that come on the podcast. So last week we had Jacob Magaron and we asked him to do a celebration and he actually did it. He actually did it before we released the podcast, which was quite cool. Um, I was thinking, you mentioned before about potentially doing something weird and wacky with your hair. but do- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. No. Where's this going? We oh, could no. have, we, we could have um, something to reflect your bar bars, but also because it's black and white, loose ends. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe we'll come up with something different. Oh, God. Do you know what? The thing is, if I'm ever going to play around with my hair, now's the time. Yeah. If I hate it, it'll just grow out in a couple of weeks. So, hey, hey. <laughs> okay. Is that a yes? It's a, it's a maybe. Some design ideas, All right. and then we'll see. Okay, we'll brilliant. See what happens. We'll, we'll, we'll put yeah. that down as a provisional yes. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, brilliant. Th- thank you, Simi, for coming on and having a chat. I've um, I've really enjoyed it. You're genuinely one of my favourite people in rugby. Um, you're cool. You're always <laughs> smiling, and um, I'll I'll see you at Shaftesbury Park soon for a match because I am. Yes, you will. Well. Yeah. Yes, you will. Thank you for having me. That was me, Clara Nielsen from the Exeter Chiefs Women, on the recorder, and you're listening to the Loose Heads Podcast.